Hey there, friend. I'm thrilled that you've decided to join me each week here on the podcast as I read through the Inventory Genius book. Now, if you're anything like me, you're going to put these principles into practice so much more quickly if you highlight, underline, and put dates beside each actionable step. So if you haven't grabbed your paper copy of the Inventory Genius book yet, I want to encourage you to head on over to sierrastockland.com and grab your copy. I'm so excited to sign it and drop it in the mail for you. I want you to have that paper copy in front of you as you listen each week to each chapter I read. This way, as things stand out to you, as you have questions, as you have thoughts, and as you decide to take action, you can highlight, underline, and follow along in the paper copy as you listen to me read each chapter. So head on over to sierrastockland.com, grab your copy, I'll sign it, and I'll drop it in the mail. Now back to the podcast. Hey friend, welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast, where we work together here to make you an inventory genius. We talk about profit, we talk about cash flow, and we definitely talk about your paycheck. Because at the end of the day, it's all related to your inventory. Let's go. morning. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inventory Genius Podcast. I'm your host, Sierra, and today I have a couple guests with me, which is really fun to have two people in the room, um, Anna and Sarah, coming from both um, states here in the U.S., but far, far apart, Michigan and Minnesota, and they're both clients. Um, I've worked with both of them for almost a year now, have completely different inventory-based businesses, but they both sell inventory. And they have graciously agreed to come on today and just talk about what they've been learning in 2023, some plans that they have for what they want to continue to learn in 2024. And I think it's going to be an awesome conversation. So welcome to the show. Let's start actually with Anna. If you can tell me um, a little bit about your business, what kind of inventory do you sell? And if you remember how you found me, how we first started or how we connected at the beginning. Um, yeah, no, of course. So I, um, I have a fiber arts shop. It's a gift shop and a fiber arts supply store. So we sell um, gifts and things that are handmade from different fibers like wool and alpaca. And we also have a lot of um, equipment and supplies and classes so you can learn to weave and spin and dye um, and felt. So those are our main, we sell lots of kits. We sell lots of um, supplies and also lots of gifts. Like there's just a ton of, we have, right now we have 1500 wool uh, handmade ornaments in our shop. So super fun. Yeah. So lots of different, really awesome things. And do you remember how we first connected? How did you find No, We connected. It's just, um, it's the great thing about being part of masterminds and networking and things. You know, I have another digital marketing business that I've had for 10 years and someone in there knew you and knew I'd open the shop and thought you'd be a great connection for me um, because inventory-based businesses are so different. Just because I know how to run a digital agency type business does not mean I have any understanding of how a product-based business works. So she was really gracious and connected us. Yeah, I love that. And I want to come back to that. It's one of my questions for you later here. Um, just being involved in, cause you really value education, business education. So I want to talk to you about that, but Sarah, let's uh, jump over to you. You sell completely, like not even the same kind of inventory and in a lot different quantity than Anna does, which I love that because we all have inventory, but, um, we have very unique pieces to our business. So tell us what you do 
and how we can how I don't know how you found me either. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a whole a wholesale skincare business. I supply to licensed skincare professionals. So estheticians, spas, med spas, um, that sort of thing. And it is completely e-commerce, although I do have some courses that I teach, but most of it is just e-commerce and estheticians come to me to supply their back bar and their treatment rooms and then to retail to their, uh, to their customers. And I actually found you listening to the, a podcast, I'm going to butcher the name e-commerce badassery badassery oh, yes yeah yes so I really um you'd think I'd remember the name because I've been listening to it forever but I was listening to her podcast as I normally do and you happen to be a guest and honestly in that time inventory wasn't really even a thought in my mind even though I knew I was having like inventory troubles I was listening to the podcast more for like how to build out my website and you know all the things that go along with that and then when I heard you it was just kind of like an aha moment and I think I immediately reached out yeah and we connected and I was really excited about your project because I had not worked with a distributor yeah and um yeah and I knew I could help because the principal are the same, no matter how you get the product to the person <laughs> at the yeah. end of the day, whether it's, you know, a wholesaling business or retail um, or distri distribution manufacturer. Um, I knew that we could work on numbers. And let's talk about that for a minute, Sarah, because we just had our call. Um, we do a couple calls every month and we just had our call last week. And you mentioned again, that math is just not your thing. Like it's mm. not your strong suit. You don't yeah. feel as comfortable in math and numbers. However, you have a thriving business. Um, and so the math is important, right? Because as you're growing, we want to make sure we're doing things right. So what kind of confidence do you think you've gained in just chatting with me every yeah. couple weeks about numbers? Well, I think that that's, it's like a two-part answer. One is that I know that numbers will never be my thing and and that's not me like discounting my abilities. Like it's just not, that is not how my brain works. And, you know, I'm 40 now and I've recently just realized like, that's okay. Like I can't be good yeah. at everything, but what I can do is focus on like, who can help me with that portion of the business. Right. And so in working with you, we now have us, we have a system that makes it easier for my brain to compute, to compute everything, right? Like yeah. everything is like very neat and organized. Like I literally just run reports, transfer the money, and then I can just analyze that way, see the growth. I have money in different accounts. So that I'm not scrambling, trying to figure out like, where am I pulling inventory money from? So everything is just like very easily broken down, but it is, you know, even still, if we get into some of the nuances, like my brain just doesn't, it doesn't function that way. So it's nice to be able to like fall back on you to say, okay, I know I've asked you this a million times, but what happens if somebody's returning something and I'm putting it into Shopify, but like, we also sent, you know, like that sort of thing. Like I just, but the, and I used to, like, I have said to you, I used to focus on that and it really bothered me that like, I couldn't understand those concepts, but I realized that like, I have a good system in place. I have you to, you know, to fall back on. I've hired um, an employee that helps with inventory now that's very mathematically inclined, which has just really 
been a game changer for my business. Yeah, which is where I want all of you as clients to be like really living in your zone of genius. And so we don't have to all be mathematicians, accountants, bookkeepers, but I also don't want you taken advantage of as your business is growing because you don't understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so we want you to be well-equipped to say, okay, here's what I know I need in the business. Here's where I can find the information. And now I'm confident in hiring someone or overseeing someone. So I really love that. It's really fun to see you hiring too, just so that you get some help in those areas. So good. Um, Anna, for you, you really value education. You've been in masterminds. You are a consultant yourself. What do you look for or what should someone look for when they're like Sarah and they're like, okay, this is a weakness. I know I need help. I'm willing to pay and hire a professional. What's important for people to look for? Because I, that's, I feel like there too, we get we enroll in classes and, you know, we get promised a bunch of things and then it's not always delivered by coaches, consultants, workshops. hundred percent. And that is the biggest thing I look for. One, um, you know, is the mastermind or coach or program I'm looking at, like, do they have a track record? Do they really have a deep content, um, a deep understanding of this area that I know I need? And for me, I, I don't do well with like, Hey, just buy this program and do it on your own. Um, I really love and need the touch points. So being able to Voxer or have our two calls, you know, be able to touch base, even the in-person part for me, kind of building that connection, making it kind of part of my regular routine in life, like bringing it in into my business and my life in a kind of meaningful and personal way kind of makes a huge difference in terms of how much I access and make use of the resource I've paid for. Um, and I've been known yeah. I've a couple of skeletons, you know, yeah, un- we all have unopened, un- <laughs> unaccessed courses. And so having the live component and the relationship for me is, is a, is a must. Um, and I've, and I've just learned that over, over a decade of being in an online business space that I just need that touch point in that yeah. kind of ability along with that deep knowledge, you know, um, you know, I have skills I bring to the table, but like I said, I knew coming into this, like, and I am a numbers person. I love spreadsheets. Yeah, you love your spreadsheets. I love, the more I can link them together and have multiple one, I mean, I love them, but this kind of business model, I just assumed it would be a hobby for me. You know, I keep my digital marketing agency and just do that for my living. And this would be my fun little side hobby. And since joining and working with you, I've realized, you know, I now it's, 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 Sarah says it's not a aha moment, like, oh, this is how this works and this can work. And I'm actually viewing this not as a hobby anymore, but as a, a viable um, future business, you know, current and future business for me. So, yeah. So, um, Anna, and then I want to ask you, Sarah, the same question. Anna, what are you most proud of that you've learned or changed in your business in 2023? Um, you know, I really learned one how much to how much to have on hand to sell i think when i sent you my first video last year of my shop you were like oh you could use a bit more inventory <laughs> it's a, nice, a little lean. scandinavian yeah. sparse kind of look which is not really ideal um yeah. if you're trying to sell things so learning what my categories are for my like what my main categories are what how much i need to have on hand like the open to buy like putting in place categories my square footage and really using that open to buy budget to manage my inventory 
and manage my money um, well has been a game changer. Yeah. And we've built out a couple different models because you're thinking of different ways you want to scale. Yeah. You have your membership, you have a couple different components. Um, and it's just nice. Once you start to understand which of the numbers are important, you can use that for some modeling and projecting, which just gives you more information and more power to make better decisions. So, and you're always up for another spreadsheet challenge. That's, <laughs> that's oh, fun. That. Let's throw another formula in there. Yeah. I love that. And I remember you saying like, in the beginning of our conversations around the open divide, like you're going to like, what's your turn rate? You're going to have things that you turn over. I was like, I'm really like, I could not imagine that that would ever happen in my little, I'm in a small town, you know, and, and I'm, I've put four orders into the same supplier this month because I keep selling all of her things out. So it's like, oh, that's what that looks like. Yeah, <laughs> that's I love fun. it. <laughs> yeah, when cash makes more cash, we all love that. That's good. Exactly. Um, Sarah, what are you most proud of that you've learned or area that you've grown in in 2023? I think honestly, just facing the numbers. I think before really I met you, I would bury my head because nothing ever really made sense. I'm like I said, I'm great at a lot of other things, but when it comes to that data and just not um, in those processes, I was not um, great at that. So I think the fact that I, you know, just said enough is enough. Like, and I remember mm -hmm. when I first met you, I, I think I said to you, like, I make too much money to be this poor. Yeah. Like, I don't understand what is happening. Um, and paying off that tax debt that I had that I didn't know that I accrued this past summer. I mean, that was like amazing. And it's like done and over with, and I have enough yeah. to pay my fourth quarter taxes. So I think just like feeling empowered that like I'm being responsible with the money that I'm bringing in and I, you know, I'm using it wisely to scale my business. Yeah. You've done a lot of work on your money mindset. I remember yeah. our lunch, we sat down, had lunch together and you were really, mm -hmm. it was interesting because you have the business we all want to have. Sarah has a thriving business. There's lots of numbers in her business because it does really well, but you were scared of growing because like you were just scared of that growth. How have you seen yourself overcome that? Because you just keep growing month over month. And I think you're getting more and more proud of that. I see some excitement. Yeah, I am. Um, I, you know, it's still, I have days where it still feels overwhelming and scary and and because of the growth, I feel like I'm always having to like restructure and hire and figure new processes out. So I don't think that will ever end. Um, you know, I, I just take it day by day. I don't know. I started listening to the, um, the audio book that you yes. recommended and honestly, I'm not even that far into it, but that it's the gap in the game, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, that I've listened to for the past three days and has been another significant aha moment. Um, I realized that I've been living in the gap in like every aspect of my life. And yeah. I also see like, even with my son, right. Like raising him. And so um, I think I got off track, but I think that, you know, I just take it day by day. And, and yeah. I am getting more confident. I think it's like a muscle, right? Like the more I use it, um, the more growth and I see, okay, I'm okay. Like I can do this. I can, I, you know, I can continue to build. I think it gets easier and, you know, easier to be proud of too. Yeah. Well, which is really interesting because <clears throat> 
we avoid anything that's not comfortable, right? And then the more we avoid it, the more uncomfortable it becomes. The opposite is true. If we're willing to dive into that uncomfortable zone and push ourselves, the more it becomes okay and comfortable for us. So we have a choice to make. Like we can keep putting our head in the sand, going the opposite direction, or we can just say enough's enough. Like I am, I'm a business owner. This is not my strength. I'm insecure in this area. So I will fix it. I am choosing to fix it. So I love that. Yeah. I want to talk to you. This is not numbers related at all, but you built your number or your business in a very um, amazing, organic, holistic way. You've built it with relationships. Can you talk yeah. to us about that? Because I think that is so missing. Like we just think yeah. we can throw up an ad. We can create a new TikTok channel. We can mm -hmm. basically buy customer loyalty, which we can, yeah. but we also need the relationship piece. Talk to us yeah. about how you built your business. You know, honestly, I don't think that this would have been possible had I not had, so I also have a skincare studio. Um, and I don't think that this portion of the business would have been possible if what had happened in my previous like career as an esthetician, having my studio didn't happen. I worked for a spa. I was very unhappy um, and wanted to leave. And they found out and I, they fired me on the spot. And I was like in my late thirties, I'd never been fired from a job before. It was really embarrassing. And due to a non-compete, I had to set up shop like um, eight, I think eight miles away in a different town. And I didn't know anybody and I had no clients. I was not prepared for it at all. And, um, part of the blessing is I was a new mom. And so I had that drive, like, I have to do this for yeah. my son. Like I can't just wait around for clients. And so I hit the streets and I met all the, I really focused on other small businesses that were, um, women owned, a boutique gym, a flower farmer, um, all the like little shops that were downtown. And I just started networking. And so I think I built that muscle doing that. So yeah. when I decided to get into distribution, which was like a little, you know, a little seed of an idea, I knew that I had to create that same community that would support the business. However, it was going to be online. So I really invested in building relationships through Facebook groups um, and becoming, I want to say like a, a known name, but I really invested a lot of time. And so when I started my own Facebook group, all of these people wanted to join when they found out that I was, I specialized in Korean skincare, they were excited. Um, and then, so I, so yeah, just like building relationships through these groups, reaching out to other people who inspire me, seeing if they want to do collabs and honestly, a lot um, I really try not to do any gatekeeping. I know a lot of estheticians don't want to share what they're doing because they're scared that other people will come for their business or, uh, and I'm not, I realize that our customers, regardless of what business you're in, they come to you because of what you have, right. Whether yeah. it's product or they like your vibe, your branding, your customer service. And so I know that nobody will ever be me. Um, and so I really try not to do any gatekeeping because I want to see everybody succeed. And I think that other estheticians see that. And so innately they want to support a business that yeah. is like that. Does that make sense? I feel yeah, like I think, rambling, and, but... no, I think there's a lot of gems in there for us. Um, one, yeah. she has a thriving Facebook group <laughs> because right now everyone says you can't do it. They don't work. 
not true. Just like yeah. people say retail oh, yeah. is not working. No, people are still spending money. It's just figuring out how to present. So you have a thriving yeah. Facebook group because you do it in a way your customers want to see that mm -hmm. happen. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, I think it's easy for us as business owners. We work so hard at what we have. Then we're suspicious of all of those people around us. And so a lot of times we shut down for fear of, yeah, someone stealing our idea, someone stealing our customers, but really we lose out on so much by coming with that scarcity mindset and you come with an abundance mindset. Like there's plenty of information for everyone. I would rather get in front of all of the people. And yes, I guess if someone decides to take advantage, they do, but we cross that bridge then. So I think that's just so important and it's built, help you build a really thriving relationship-based business. Um, Anna, I want to talk to you about other industries because I love looking at other industries and bringing what they have into ours. It can be, we can get into a bubble, like I'm a retailer or I'm a distributor and this is how we do things. I'm a wholesaler, but how do the pharmacy industry do things? How does fast food do things? Like how can we bring in um, so how have you taken your background in coaching and consulting and ad management and brought that into the way that you're building now your online presence and your membership um, with Bella's Flock? Um, such a good question. So, you know, I inherently bring that to this business and I knew, you know, I'm in a town of 15,000 people. I knew that I wouldn't have just enough foot traffic to have any kind of business to even cover rents, let alone everything else. Um, yeah. So like the main number that I'm used to looking at is like, what does it cost to acquire a customer? And I found that a very hard number to really understand with foot traffic and people walking by and stopping in um, and even doing just straightforward ads to products um, for a local store didn't have that kind of metric. So I think the biggest thing I brought into this business, along with just overall marketing um, and general advertising is classes. So the, mm. you know, classes in my store are kind of the backbone of how I predict and guarantee that I have revenue, you know, so this fall, you know, my goal was to get 400 people into seats in classes in my store and the back, the back quarter of my store is a studio classroom space where we teach. Um, and I fill those through email and through ads. And I can see through ads, it's costing me this much to get somebody to um, say yes and to register for a class. And they come in my store and they buy more and they come back and I've got a nice lifetime customer value on them. But that's a big part that I brought from my coaching and consulting world into retail was. Yeah, because yeah. that's a metric that is always measured when you're a coach consultant is like lifetime value, churn rate. And we think right. well, we can't use those metrics, but we really can. You just have to be creative on how you're going to find measure track. So that's really interesting. Um, let's talk about 2024 and what you each want to accomplish in your business. Anna, what's important to you? What's a non-negotiable number for you to measure track watch in 2024? Um. Oh, that's a good question because I am, like you said, kind of growing both sides. And so my class participation in my classes, so my classes will both be how many folks come to my classes, but also how are we kind of taking people through a journey in the classes where they're starting with a simple, fun, make a cute little felted animal into become a weaver and buy looms. So looking at that journey and looking at how they're spending more on classes and more and my kind of higher level equipment category. So that, yeah. that's my um, 
brick and mortar business numbers that I'm looking at um, in particular on that front. You know, I'm also seeing great success so far. Um, quarter four, I really launched ads, just direct e-commerce mm-hmm. ads um, to my products, um, which almost feels like a different business because the metrics are, it feels more like the business I'm used to, but yeah, um, with a lot more volume than I'm used to with doing um, higher ticket coaching in my, in my past. Um, so for that one, it's really just, you know, that's just a numbers game of how can I develop a product line of my own to keep my cost of goods down lower than it currently is so that I can really afford the cost to acquire a customer. And so developing one or two of my own product, you know, key kind of cornerstone hero products that I mostly market that kind of become the driver of that business will be how I kind of look at that and grow that. Yeah, and I'm seeing that trend amongst retail, wholesale distributors, maybe everyone, um, makers do it already, but having some sort of private label line where you can really build in margin because business is getting more and more expensive than ever to run, meaning our margins have to be as thick as possible to offset all the expensive business. And so a lot of times with, with certain products, we can't like they, they keystone what we can mark things up. And so if we can have something of our own, some sort of private label product or something where we can really realize massive margin that can make a huge impact on the bottom line. So it's interesting. Um, Sarah, 2024, um, what non-negotiable number, like what number will you keep your eyes on in your business? Like a monetary? Yeah. What what kind of number? Like, would it be your margins? Would it be conversion? What What's one of the mm-hmm. metrics you say, like, not a numbers person, but I will watch this number in the business? I always watch my return customer rate because okay. I think that's really important. I want to make sure that they are, you know, it was easier when I was doing the shipping. I no longer do the shipping. So um, yeah. I don't see the labels being printed and it's the same name. So I always look at the return customers um, and having enough money to, to fund bringing in a couple new lines to diversify, whether that's my own line or like other Korean lines, I don't know. Um, yeah. And I do have like, you know, a monthly goal in mind, like a a sales goal. However, I'm trying to not live in the gap. And so, (laughs) and really focus, you know, focus on like how far I've come. Because when I think about, you know, my businesses, I've been doing it for three years, but I rebranded, sold and restarted a year ago. Um, It's just, you know, trying to focus and honor how far I've come. Yeah. yeah. So I love that I like- phrase, honor how far you come. And I yeah. think all of us need to do that because we can get caught up in where we should be, the mistakes we've made, you know, mm-hmm. looking around us like there's so much ahead, farther ahead and we started whatever that is instead of honoring, but this is me and this is what I've done. And that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, with saying that is you look at other people and what they're doing, but you don't really know, um, you know, most of it you see on social media. And so who knows how much of that is true. So just focusing on what I'm doing. I love the analogy that you gave me before about um, doing like the Ironman, or I think that's what it was and running. If you look back, it slows you down. Like, just don't worry about what other people are doing and just, just keep going and do what feels right for me. 
Yeah, that's so good. I love it. Um, all right. In closing, I want each of you to give a word of hope to the other business owners out there, because I know there's a lot of people that are listening that say I've really screwed up. Like I have a ton of debt. I didn't manage my money. Well, I've had a thriving business and now look like whatever that guilt and that shame is. And a lot of times when we're living in that, we don't want to ask for help because we're just embarrassed about our story. Um, however, I love finding a messy story and helping someone turn it around. And I know you are both cheerleaders for other small business owners. So Anna, what's a word of hope or encouragement you could give to someone that's just feeling really discouraged right now with the way that they've looked at their numbers, managed their money or the lack thereof? Um, what would you say to them? Oh, one, it's like, just for people to know they're not alone, you know, like one, even if you've built a business, it's not as big as you want. You know, I think I brought these numbers up at the mastermind. I can't remember them, but like, if you're a female business owner and you're making a hundred K in top line revenue, like you're in the top 10% of female yeah. business owners, like just know that like whatever you've built, it's amazing that you've built it and you're already, um, you're, you're already a winner for like building that. And then, to kind of stick with it, like do the uncomfortable thing, bring the resources in. And really once you untangle your numbers and figure out, like we were saying in the last conversation, what are the one or two things mm -hmm. that once you kind of untangle it and figure it out that you can focus on, having that level of focus will definitely grow and bring you to the next level and kind of get you to the next, you know, over this hump. Yeah, I like that untangle. I love helping people untangle. I remember one client, she actually said to me on our first call, she said, I feel like my business is like, a you know, when our necklaces get tangled and you're literally like, where do I even start? And the knots are so teeny tiny. She's like, it's just one big messed up necklace, ball of necklaces. Um, and I asked her about six months later, how are we feeling? She's like, well, now they're all untangled. I just need to make sure they stay that way, <laughs> you know? And so <laughs> we build out the systems. Yeah. Um, Sarah, what about you? What's a word of encouragement or hope that you'd love to share? I would say it's not easy for anybody that has a small business. It just kind of, that's part of the territory. There's always going to be the ebbs and flows of, um, of running a business. And regardless of what point you're at or what low you're at, reaching out to somebody who, you know, has a little bit more experience or, you know, is a consultant that can offer, um, some advice, like it, it starts with that small step and then you just kind of build momentum. You just have to make that small step. And I always tell like the estheticians that I work with all the time that you, I literally cannot believe where I was a year ago and where I am now. And it was just like every day, just doing a little bit more work and really focusing on, um, working on my business, not just in my business. Like that has been life-changing. Yeah. Which, so you're not doing the shipping anymore. So that would be an, in your business right. activity Correct. versus you're looking at the amount of labels that's an on your business yeah. activity. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys would like to share that you thought, I want to make sure to get this across or share this today when I jump on the podcast? I would just say, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, and I, maybe this is a little bit more specific to my industry, but probably applies to a lot. 
we're not everybody is born um, with like a business hat on. And so just give yourself some grace and don't do what I did and don't bury your head in the sand. Like you have to, you know, really dive into those numbers if you want to scale your business. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I think I'd say a very similar thing to just really embrace the numbers, even if it doesn't feel like something you want to hug ever, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> because it really will show you the path that forward or how to fix what's not working and, and, and improve it. And, um, you know, retail business in particular is not, it's not like a slam dunk. You're going to have a huge launch with a half million dollar in sales or whatever, like it's incremental. And so fixing small percentages, getting your margin mm-hmm. to be 2% better and then 2% better and then 2% better will like make all of the difference. And that's been a huge learning for me. Yeah. I, <clears throat> let's see if I can find it. I wasn't going to share this statistics. I wasn't thinking I wonder if I have it here. Oh, hopefully I don't quote her incorrectly. I was just talking to a client. Um, she's just retiring. So she's closing her business in the coming month. She's retiring. We worked together for several years. And she said, Sierra, I was just pulling my numbers. Our overall sales were down. I think her overall sales were down 20% this quarter, but her overall profitability was up 44%. And she said, that's the, exactly that, Anna. That is the incremental decisions, the small changes, that's huge. So even though her sales were down as she's winding down her business in this life, right? Um, What she gets to keep at the end of the day for all that hard work is so much greater than what she would have kept last year had she not done those little things. And so those really small activities really do add up, um, but you have to stick with it because it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to see it right away. But when you look back, like you were saying, Sarah, when you look back at like where you've been and where you are now, wow, look at that difference, you know, from making those small, hard decisions. I love it. Um, It's been really awesome chatting with you too. I love bringing on clients and just talking through stories because I think just from listening to this interview, you can see we have two completely different business women, different business models. Their interest in their business is very different. And yet they're still pulling in the same direction, which is overall profitability, keeping more of what they make, doing business the right way, connecting with their customers, and really at the end of the day, doing a really honorable job with the stewardship of their business. So it was really fun to talk to you guys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Thanks so much. (laughs) All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this week to Inventory Genius Podcast. It's been so much fun to chat with you. This is the last episode of the year. I can't believe it. So with that in mind, um, I would love to hear from everybody on what you'd like me to talk about in 2024. What are some things on your mind? Please shoot me an email. Hello at sierrastockland.com. Let me know what episode you just got a lot of information and help from this year. What was your favorite? Let me know what kind of guests you want me to bring on, what you want me to talk about. I'm so excited to put together my lineup for 2024. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening this year. Have a happy new year, and I will see you all in 2024. Bye for now. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in today to the Inventory Genius Podcast. If there's something that you heard today on the podcast episode and you want to dig deeper into becoming an inventory genius yourself, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, sierrastockland.com, where I have multiple ways that you and I can work together on your inventory. I want to help you with your profit, your cash flow, and your paycheck, because at the end of the day, 
It's all related to your inventory. So head on over to the website, connect with me. I'll work with you soon. See you then. Hey friend, sometimes you just need a little bit of a push or a shove to get you going. Sometimes you just need a couple tips and tricks and a few tools to get you well on your way. If that sounds like you, if you've been tuning into the Inventory Genius podcast and you are ready to take action and you just need a little push or a shove, then I want you to head on over to sierrastockland.com and sign up for the quick start. The quick start is a phenomenal way for you to get your feet wet when it comes to understanding your inventory, reading your financials, and building a profit plan for your inventory-based business. The quick start is simple and easy to use. Several recorded videos with tools and systems, with spreadsheets and worksheets. I lay it out so that it's quick, easy, bite-sized, actionable steps. I want you to start in one place and I want you to finish in another. I want you to accomplish what you set out to accomplish when you sign up for the quick start. So head on over to sierrastockland.com. Check out the quick start money makeover. I think this is just the tool that you need to get you started.